Welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show with Landon Witt. You're about to learn hyper-local market knowledge happening right now in the Oklahoma City real estate market. This is your fresh weekly report on housing conditions that will enable you to make smarter investment decisions and gain insight on local trends. Landon is a genuine, self-made top realtor in Oklahoma City with millions of dollars in real estate closed every year and hundreds of satisfied clients. He's top-rated by sites like Zillow, Trulia, Realtor.com, and Homes.com. Whether you live right here in the city or across the country, welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. Welcome to episode 27. This is a special edition episode to focus on investing in Oklahoma City. Our special guest in the studio today is Scorpio Tran, self-made millionaire from Dallas, Texas, who decided to take the financial fate of his family into his own hands and invest in real estate started in Dallas, and then brought his successful business to Oklahoma City. He's going to talk today about how he started and how he makes his money in real estate, specifically rental buy and holds. Going to be talking about that on the show today. Let's get on to the market numbers. Data is reported from the Oklahoma City Center and radius of 10 miles for the last seven days. New active homes coming on the market, 116 this week down from the week before when 141 homes came on the market. Homes sold this week, 111, up from the week before when 82 homes were sold. Median list price this last week was 145500 with a median final sold price of 144900 That's a 0.4% discount expected during the sale of the property in the last seven days in Oklahoma City. The median list price per square foot was $94.04, and the sold price per square foot was $93.58. Your average appreciation rate for year-to-date in Oklahoma City is holding steady at 3.5%. Now moving on to those rental numbers. So the one bedroom is $625 per month average. That's up from $600. One, two bedrooms holding steady at $800 average per month and three beds at 1050 holding steady. The four bedrooms down from 1385 down to an average of 1350. All those metrics combined show on Trulia that we're actually trending downward, but if you remove that four-bedroom metric, we're actually increasing an average rent. Speaking of rental property, I want to talk just a little bit about the Dow now being down in the news and the S&P 500 as well. If you were to invest in 2013 $19,800 into the stock market, and let's say take that same $19,800 and invest it in, let's say one of our average rental income properties here, which runs about $90,000 for a good solid rental, and you can hopefully rent that out for about $900 a month, giving you that 1% metric that we always look for. So let's compare those numbers just real quick. In 2013, you bought that $90,000 rental. You would spend about $19,800 cash in. That's your 20% down payment plus your closing cost to get into that property. And then you bought the same equivalent into the S&P 500. $19,800. Well, five years later, you would have an annualized return in the S&P 500 of about 12.6%. If we look at that income property that you bought in Oklahoma City, you'd have an 11.9% cash on cash return. Those are the numbers that a lot of people look at. Well, look, the S&P 500 has performed 1% better 
Overall, well, that's not the complete picture because if we look at the net profit at five years, we've made $19,862. Okay, what? Oh, that's a complete break even. That means that all the cash that you've put in, you've now gotten 100% back and you're clean and clear all cash out of that investment at a five-year mark in Oklahoma City. Whereas the money you invested in the S&P 500, you've got $16,059 out and you've still got time to go. Uh, roughly about another year and a half left before you're getting your full return back. Not to mention all the many benefits that we talk about on the show, you've still got in that investment property. So you can then cash out refi. You can do a 1031 exchange. You could also adjust the rental margin. Now keep in mind that metric that we're running, okay, that $90,000 rental that you purchased, rented out for $900 a month. That's $127 per month that's coming in after all of our expenses. Now, we run everything in our metric through a property management company taking care of it at a 10% margin, plus your 8% vacancy rates, plus your insurance being paid, plus your taxes being paid, plus the mortgage getting paid. And after all that, we are still performing at or better than the S&P 500 with all the added benefits of owning real estate. Folks, the linear market of Oklahoma City, not like a cyclical market like California or New York and all these dangerous places, but get the predictability of Oklahoma City is right there in line with the long-term projections of the S&P 500, yet you get all these added benefits of owning real estate. Not to mention, you can do upgrades to the property and you can get more rent. You can have active control of your investment that you can participate in or tell your property management company to do these upgrades. It's your pick. Hello, I'm Aaron Christian in Oklahoma City for the OKC Real Estate Show with this week's news. Happy Thanksgiving. AAA is expecting a record-setting 54 million travelers on the road this year. AAA credits the improved economy and increased consumer confidence. Booz Allen is bringing 240 new jobs to OKC. Forbes magazine recognized Booz Allen as the best employer for veterans and Bloomberg named it the world's most profitable spy organization. The Oklahoma Department of Commerce played a part in attracting Booz Allen to OKC with the Quality Jobs Incentive. The Quality Jobs Incentive aims to promote economic development by offering cash payments to companies bringing high-paying jobs to the area. Booz Allen clients are military, government, and commercial organizations. The job openings will be IT-focused, such as software developers, data scientists, and cybersecurity engineers. The company projects to add an estimated payroll impact of about $165 million into the state economy. Tinker Air Force Base has been selected for the B-21 Raider Maintenance Facility. The B-21 Raider is America's most highly advanced stealth aircraft. It is to be a very long-range stealth strategic bomber capable of delivering conventional or thermonuclear weapons, and it will replace the current B-1 bomber. The Air Force recently announced that Tinker will continue to be a major hub in the aerospace defense industry. As the state's largest employer, Tinker is closely tied to the health of Oklahoma City's economy. The growth of Tinker's maintenance and repair facility bodes well for the growth of OKC. Delivery date for the bomber will take place within the next two years by about mid-2020. According to Navy Federal Credit Union's recent study, OKC is the best city for retired vets. And according to Veterans United, 
OKC is ranked in the top five cities for veteran home buyers. Some of the metrics used to calculate were veteran income, unemployment rates, and number of veteran-owned businesses. Also factored into the metrics were several quality-of-life facets such as affordability, nearness to military bases, and VA hospitals, strength of the local economy, and access to colleges and arts. Welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. I'm here today with Scorpio Tran, prominent investor from Dallas, Texas, built his portfolio in Dallas and now has moved it to Oklahoma City, uh, bringing with him a wealth of knowledge and advice. Um, He's currently a full-time W-2 employee uh, and investing in the after hours and has been very successful with that. Uh, Scorpio, tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell the listeners kind of your background and and how uh, you have come into this business. Yeah, thank you, Lennon, for inviting me to your show. I think this is the second time. Um, so uh, I always enjoy talking to you and share some knowledge to the people and, and share some of my mistakes through the years. But yeah, I, I live in Dallas and I invest in Dallas, but I also work full time. And uh, like everything, this started out as a hobby, but now it turned into a serious business, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, when did that? So walk me back to those first steps. What was your first property? My first property uh, property was a very small house in Dallas, right? Really, really cheap. I really didn't know what I'm doing, but I did get my um, I decided to, you know, uh, having four kids on my own, I figure, you know, I'm being an engineer and I make decent money, but having four kids, college tuition is very expensive. So my wife and I knew that we have to compensate our income somewhere, right, for long term, um, because we know we, you know, company don't have you work until 65. That's not going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. So we know that we have a limit and a time frame of how long we can work. And also, we want to be able to drive uh, when we want to quit, right? Mm-hmm. And so that leads me to uh, real estate as a way to to possibly make it happen. And so, with my first house, um, lots of lots of mistakes, right? Uh, my wife and I would sleep there, and we would paint. Uh, all the way to nighttime in the weekend, and we would sleep there with our kids, right? And we would do as much as we can by ourselves without hiring anyone. And that's just very typical of a, a starting new investor mm-hmm. because you want to cut costs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, gosh, um, like I might have told you this story before, but a, a week before closing, you got people stealing the AC system. Oh. Right, uh, twice by the way, twice. So we have to put a new unit in, and then two days before closing, they steal it again. Ah, right? so it was a struggle. And being the first one, you would think that uh, I would give up, right? Mm. I would give up saying this is too much, right? Too much stress, stress, too much pressure. And um, so, but no, I mean, um, luckily I was persistent. Um, Knowing that that first one, I didn't make much, right? Because they they steal my AC system twice. Mm. So I think I netted like $3,000 after three months of hard labor or weekend straight. Wow. Right? That was tough on the family. It is. Um, mm. um, but we somehow make the kids felt comfortable while we do our thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but, you know, my wife means very supportive. Um, but at the same time, you know, didn't make much money after three months. You makes about three thousand dollars, but 
Uh, that didn't stop me. Uh, I think the key really is persistent. Mm. Persistent. Knowing that the path that you're chosen being in real estate investment is the right thing to do, and you got to believe that. Mm-hmm. And it turned out that it was the right thing to do. It mm. was the right. But just being persistent, knowing that it will work. It just takes experience, right? And and by making these mistakes, that's part of being experienced. Mm. Right? You know, people think that uh, real estate investing as a passive income source, you know, is going to be this, uh, you know, set it and forget it or find this one deal and it's going to be great and I'll make $50,000 off the flip and all this. And and the reality can be quite different, um, although it is one of the most uh, income producing assets you can have in the world, the highest uh, return rate consistently. But it takes some work. And I think I think there is a, a, a belief that it's not going to be a lot of work. And you've you've really emphasized that it is. Now, how hard has it been on your family through this process of learning? I mean, what? To, yeah, to be honest, the first three years it was hard. Mm. It was hard on on us and the family. But luckily, at the time, the kids are really small; they are ten and under, right? Mm-hmm. And so we make it like a sleepover for them, right? Mm. Right. They're, so uh, they would pick a room and sleep with a sleeping bag, stuff like that. We try and make it fun for them, but mm-hmm. at the same time, we, you know, we work. Yeah, your work back's ourselves. hurting at the end too. From... Yeah, yeah, sure. So, and then but... you were doing your regular gig at the same time, right? Exactly. Yeah, on the weekdays, right? We, I so... would work eight hours, but um, but we knew my wife and I totally knew that this we have to find a way to support our kids in terms of long term situation, mm. right? Mm-hmm. But but like everything, it works itself out, right? Later, what I learned as the years go by is that the money that I save for doing it myself, the three months, mm. if I hire a contractor, even though it cost me five grand for labor, right? I could have had that thing done in three weeks and have it rented. And that rent rental money would have paid for those contractors. Mm. You see it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So as I learned that, I no longer, for the past, oh, probably about eight years now, I haven't hold a hammer since then. Mm. And that will free me time to do more deals and just hire contracts to do other jobs. And not only they do faster, but they do better than me, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm not jack of all trade, right? Mm-hmm. I, at the time, just trying to save money, but... But now realizing that you got to hire a contractor to do these things. First of all, they know what they're doing. They know the city code, right? And they do it right and they do it fast because that's that's what they do. Mm. How did you go about hiring that first contractor? Oh, yeah, yeah. So we're talking about process. Whoever started this, you got to know that it's going to be a hit and miss, right? There's no way that you're going to hire your first contractor, the plumber, the roofer, you know, the painters, um, the plumbers, you, you, you're not gonna hire the f- the first guy correctly. Meaning you're gonna you're gonna have to go through uh, growing pain with them, knowing that you know some of them will not be the right one for you for long term. Someone will uh, cheat you, you know, overbid f- with you, knowing that you're not experienced in the field. So you're gonna have to go through the growing pain of hit and miss. But the important thing is when you do find some. Someone, you know, a good painter, a good general contractor, a mm. good plumber, a good roofer, you got to keep them. Take care of them. You got to sure. take care of them. Mm. You got to pay them fairly. Um, and by doing that in return, they're very loyal to you, mm. right? You can ask them for favors and and, and if something broken, 
you call them instead of weeks, they come right away. Mm. So those are the little things, those are the little favor that that helps a lot because because most tenant, the correct way when something is broken, they have to send an email, they have to send a request to the landlord. And sometimes it takes three to five days to get that address, right? And with me, I just call them up and say, hey, I got, I got a leaking toilet and they come right away. So that those are the benefits that I'm getting from from being loyal to them, from treating them right, and um, and uh, and it returns many times. Mm. What what's the time span between when you find the property, and we're going to talk about that in a minute, is how to find that property? Looking to buy or sell in Oklahoma City? Meet with the award-winning team today at OKCReal.com. Once you find that property, and then you renovate that property. What's the average time frame that you're spending in and, yeah. and make readies? Yeah. So if um, now that I'm experienced, right? Mm-hmm. Um, beside, depend on the scope of the house. Um, but we're looking at if if we're talking about just a normal renovation, you know, they don't have to level foundation or, or knock out, you know, five walls. We're looking at typically three weeks, mm-hmm. right? And oh, that's, wow. That's really quick. Yeah, three weeks. And that's, you know, from the third week is more like, you know, tying up all the dots and cross your T, make sure, you know, all the painting is touch up and stuff like that mm-hmm. to ready for showing, right? Mm-hmm. But really the whole project's done about two and a half weeks. Wow. That's assuming there's no special windows or anything that have to be worn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, sure. and most of the planning is as soon as you know you got the contract on the house, most of the planning has already been done. And what I mean by that is, you know, you know what flooring you're going to do. You're going to start ordering them. You measure the, the size of the room and you start ordering them, right? You start ordering the faucet, you know, the backsplash, the countertop. So all that ordering is going to take place, mm-hmm. Right. And then you know the date of closing. You make sure that the material is there. So as soon as you close the next day or the next two days, um, you give access to the contractor and and let them at it, right? So there is no time wasted just because we're experienced now, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And because those holding costs can add up. It it, it does it does mm-hmm. because keep in mind every when you rent a house, you go by the month, beginning of the month, right, mm-hmm. and the end of the month because most people move beginning of the month. Mm-hmm. So you got to time your repairs to where it needs to be finished the third weeks of the month. So that way you have that one week before the new month start mm-hmm. to get new tenant or else you just lost a full month. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, so, so having experience, you, you find ways and you find techniques and process to, to reduce your, your costs. And that's, that's, that's a tip for you is that, mm-hmm. um, if you run over the next month for a week, well, you just lost that month rent. Mm. Yeah, mm. that is an important metric. So keep an eye on the time, and not to mention a lot of folks are on, um, you know, investment uh, loans and these kind of things that have interest per day. I mean, every yeah. day that they're they're taking longer, they're paying more interest, and then the quicker they can f- flip that into a longer term loan or refinance their cash out, the quicker they can also move on to the next property. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, you, you brought up a point because that's another uh, topic is that a lot of startup investors, they get hard money lending. Mm-hmm. And those are very, very expensive. We're talking about it could go up as high as 16%. Mm-hmm. So the, you can imagine the closing cost is probably about four points, right? And then on top of that, they want to charge you 16% interest, mm-hmm. right? 
And so that's going to eat up all your return. Mm -hmm. That's going to eat up all your profit, right? And so I encourage um, uh, people to get loans from your friends and family, right? Um, or even use your house for a home equity line of credit, which is perfect. Home equity line of credit, if you can get it, that's my number one choice. Hmm. Why? Because one, the interest is very low. You're using your own home, right? And you get to deduct it, right? Mm. And on top of that, once you use it and you pay it back, guess what? You get to reuse it again and again and again, right? Mm. And so that saves you tons of money over doing hard money lending. And when you do a hard money lending, you're going to have to qualify every single property with does that make sense? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you have a line of credit, you don't have to qualify anybody beside yourself, right? It's good stuff. Uh, another option for a lot of our younger investors is what they call life hacking, where they will buy a duplex and live in one side and, and do a primary uh, mortgage on it uh, and then live in that other side uh, as long as the property passes the bank's standards originally. Yep. So. We've had, we have several guys in town doing that. Um, again, that's life hacking is what yeah. they call that. Um, so let's talk just a little bit uh, about the the hunt, right? So a lot of people have this per, you know perception that I'm going to look for two weeks and I'll find the perfect house and I'll put an offer in on it and that's it. The reality is quite different. I mean, you close on, I want to say probably three to four houses a year now. I mean, yes. so, so. But for those three to four that you close, you've looked at hundreds of homes. Yeah. Uh, to, to be honest, and, and you, you helped me with the Oklahoma uh, uh, market, is that um, once you have experience, once you, um, once you look at so many houses on the internet, of course, I'm going to give you a picture through Zillow.com. Zillow.com is the best right now to look at the market in any state, right? Mm -hmm. So I use Zillow.com to look at the market in Oklahoma, and you just study about, you know, where's the area that are hot spot and, and which area rents really good and which area is not, right? And so so you 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 study those area and then you so therefore, once I study those area, you as an agent don't have to show me that many houses, right? Um, so the four houses that I buy per year, I probably only look at maybe about 20 to 25 houses. In person, sure. In person, right? Mm -hmm. to, um, to, to buy those four, right? Mm -hmm. Because you already know from the picture and from the neighborhood and the house type and, and uh, the, 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 the needs that, you know, two bedroom, one bath, stuff like that. You already know, so you kind of narrow it down to certain houses that you want, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Versus a normal people that want to buy and live, you might have to show them, you know, 40 houses before they pick one. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Now, if you had to say your top three determining factors in a home that you pick, what would those three be? I would say uh, the neighborhood. Number one, Number location. One, location. And, you know, having say that, you also, I, wa I want to point out that you have to study the market. You have to know where the mean being an investor buy and hold. You got to know what's the bread and butter point of the rental, right? Which is in Oklahoma would be from 850 to 995. That's the mm. bread and butter uh, rental rate, 850 to 995. Mm. In Dallas, the bread and butter would be from 1100 to 1300. Mm. So having said that, you work backwards. So you know in Oklahoma, the, the bread and butter point is 850 to 995. So you're literally going to have to look at houses that 
that you can buy around fifty and sixty thousand dollars and then put in you know fifteen twenty thousand repair so that way your ratio would be very good to rent in that range because you know you can rent in that range all day long but once you in Oklahoma once you pass eleven hundred it's very difficult right mm, that's a magical number and that that has to do with the median income I mean that's that, those are those metrics when we look at the census which by the way the census is coming up this year so all the numbers that we've been using up till now will be updated uh, in 2019 so that that'll be really great to have that uh, so location price yeah so and for, what's yeah for its investment you're going to look at the price range like mm-hmm, i said yeah mm-hmm. what you can rent it for and what yeah. and that will determine how much you can bid and where you should look on your pricing yeah. and, and what about things like oh go ahead what oh i always can say the third thing i look for is value right value meaning you don't as an investor as an investor you don't want to look for a house that's already been done mm. right already mm. been done for your model yeah yeah for my yeah. model because mm-hmm. once it's been done that means i i once i buy it there is no profit margin anymore right i already buy it at a high right so the third thing for me is to look for a house that has value where i can put new paint new carpet right new appliances and i just increase my value another 20,000 versus someone already did it Mm-hmm. And they add mm-hmm. those twenty thousand value to the house, right? Even though as an investor, I buy it, I don't have to do anything, but I have no equity. You have essentially constructed your equity in that house. Yeah, a lot of people confuse the two. Like they'll look at a market in, in a neighborhood where there's a lot of renovation going on, and they'll think that that's the same as market equity, like the actual price of the market going up. But that's not the case. That's actually constructed equity, where people have improvements in the house have created equity. And what you're what what, what you're referring to is, I'm going to spend money renovating a house, but I'm going to make that house more valuable than what I've spent renovating that house. Exactly. That's the type of equity that we're talking about here. Whereas that's not the same as as appreciation over time. Yeah. So that's why as a new investor or even an experienced investor, I would never ever recommend them buy a turnkey investment properties. Mm. Yeah. I would never. Just because there's no equities in there for you because you already buy it at a premium, mm. right? Those mm-hmm. turnkey properties. Mm-hmm. So- I don't, you know, from my experience anyway, I don't see value in that mm-hmm. other than the value for the people that the sold it to you. Sold it to you and the time of the person. Yes. Maybe yes. they maybe they truly don't have time. You know, you think about a W-2 employee that's got kids and that's really just looking to transfer maybe money from a stock uh, over, you know, doing these horizontal moves where they're taking, they're selling out the stock here and they want to dump it into real estate. Those turnkeys work in those scenarios if, if the metric is right if you can rent. It, yeah, like you yeah. say, the turnkey can work if the ratios is good, mm-hmm. right? And so, we like to stay around that one percent. Would you say? No, for me, um, from my experience, the one percent. I don't want to say it doesn't work, but it leaves no room for errors, mm-hmm. right? So if you have to replace a brand new roof, mm-hmm. if you have to change the whole HVAC system. Mm-hmm. You have to fix the foundation. Well, all that, it's gone. Mm-hmm. That 1% rule is you just took a loss that year, mm-hmm. right? If any of those happen through the years that you're renting it, mm-hmm. well, your whole, you are going to be in the red, right? And so for me, I always, in the past um, 10 years, used the metric instead of the 1%, the 1.5%, mm-hmm. right? 
But I know that mm. during this hot market, right? Right, right. If I stay at the one point five percent, I won't be able to buy any single house. So I lower my standards to one point two, one point three percent, and that can't do it in Dallas. That mm. ratio, I still couldn't find anything. But in Oklahoma, I I have a shot. This mm. Oklahoma is um like you and I talk. It's about you know it's years behind Dallas, right? Sure. It's coming. It's booming,、mm -hmm. but it's going to take some time. And so right now, I felt that I still can get the one point two, one point three ratio that I needed to to first of all make some profit, make some cash flow,、mm -hmm. but also have a contingent plan that if something broken, I still can use that fund to fix it and still be in the black. Because you know everything always breaks on your rental properties when you're having. You know, Christmas, <laughs> other personal expenses going on in your in your own life.、Uh, it always seems to be that way. It's a compounding sense where the tenant always calls and tells you the AC went out when you know your、uh, your your bills due for your student education or whatever. You know, it's it's always amazing yeah, yeah. that way. As a starting investor, I want to say tenant does not treat the house like as if it was their own, even though. I always stress I want them to treat as if it was their home, but、mm -hmm. it's never that way.、Mm -hmm. They're not going to change the air filter. They're not going to water the foundation around the house as you would like them to do.、Mm -hmm. So they won't take care of the house you like you wanted to. So things will break down, right? So let's talk about that. Uh, uh, so transitioning from we've talked about how you know the the top three points that you use to find the property. We've also talked about renovating the property. Let's talk about after the renovation. Let's talk about finding and placing a tenant, and then how to treat that tenant once they're in place. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I live in Dallas, so I, I,、um, I have a process, and I use this process same in Dallas,、uh, and I'm using it in Oklahoma too, which is I don't have to be there to show them the house, right? And so let's give an example in that in in Oklahoma, I would put a lockbox. At the front of the door, I would put application in the kitchen countertop. I would advertise my rental after everything is repaired and ready to show. I would advertise in Zillow.com for free, right? And、um, and you know, put lots of pictures in there.、Right. And then、um, someone's interest, they will respond from Zillow or call me directly. When I say directly, really, it goes to via my voicemail. Right,、mm. so you have a separate through、line. Google, a、yeah. Google number. Yeah,、okay. Google, Google number. Voice. It goes straight to voicemail, and it, in the voicemail, it will describe a little more about the house.、Mm. But more importantly, it will allow them to leave you a message when they want to see, see the house.、Mm. First of all, they don't have to bother me. Right, every、mm -hmm. single call.、Mm -hmm. Number two, you can work your other job. Sure. Exactly. Number two, I get to screen them. Meaning, if they're interested, they will leave me a message. If they don't, after they hear everything about the house, that they don't, then they don't need to see it. So,、mm -hmm. so it kind of filter in stages, right?、Mm -hmm. And then the one that want to see it, I will call them back and I would schedule a time with them. And when they come, I give them a combination code. They go in. I told them when you're finished, call me back and let me know what you think, and and scramble the lock, right? And if they're interested, I ask them to take an application with them. They would fill it out and they would email it to me or text it to me,、mm. right? And what I always tell them is, is it's not about first come first serve, right? I don't work that way. I give everybody the same chance to view the house, and then after four or five days, I take all the application, I send it to a background check. And then from the background check, I review and make a decision. So that way, it allow everybody to have the same chance to look at the house, 
apply for it, and then I would make a decision as a whole. Hmm. But, How many people do you typically tour in a house before you rent it? Oh, gosh. Um, with the rental market being so hot today, mm-hmm. like the house just renovated at Geraldine, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, one weekend, uh, we got 18 families. Wow. 18 families. Wow. Right. And that's people calling and using the combination box and going through there. Yes. And do you get their driver's license or anything? I mean, how do you, what's the security like not, on that? So not at the beginning. No, no. Just, um, and I've been doing this for 11 years this way. And, you know, most people think, you know, give them combination lock. They're going to steal your appliances and, and mm-hmm. stuff. But that never happened, or at mm-hmm. least never to me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they always lock you know, things up, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, but it's it's a great process because that free me to do other things, sure. and, and work on my full time job. But also it filter the people. I think that's the key, and it let me at my own pace at my own time to review the application. Mm-hmm. And and decide which one is really best for the house. Mm. Right? And and let's talk about that for a second. What do you when you mean best for the house? Give me the, your top three uh, requirements uh, for a tenant that you that you found over the last decade is right. a good tenant. So first of all, I want to say you don't want to discriminate. That's being a landlord. That's that's the key. You don't want to discriminate. Mm-hmm. And and from my experience, um, I rent all kinds. Right. Mm-hmm. The key for me is... Which is important to note, if you've got over 10 properties, you're going to be held to the federal non-discriminatory classes of sex, race, um, family status, and handicap status. If you just have one rental, if you're just renting your primary dwelling you're not you you don't have to fall underneath that that uh so if you want to rent out your house let's say you move to a new town and you rent it out you're not going to fall underneath that discrimination right. uh but when you start making a business out of it you mm-hmm. bet your bottom yeah yeah yep. those things you have to be careful yep but for me first mm-hmm. you want to look at that income that's number one make sure that the house you're renting the income ratio uh mm-hmm. and the ratio is up to you I know a lot of people say the rule of thumb is one third of your salary. Right, right. That's a um, standard three but, times. But yep. I like to I like to give myself a, a better chance, or not give myself, but give the tenant a better chance to succeed by by having for me a ratio of twenty five percent. And the reason for that is you don't want one third of their take home pay to be towards the rent. Hmm. You want one quarter of their pay. Reason for that is so that way it don't put a stress on them, right? Mm. It give them more chance to 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 have the fund for things like the holidays, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, car that's broke down, transmission broke down, Christmas, Thanksgiving, right? Sure. So, from my experience, when a tenant has an unexpected expenses, guess what happened? Mm. Their rent will be delayed or behind for the rest of the year mm. because they can't catch up. Right? right. So if their transmission blew out and it cost them three thousand dollars, well, that's that's two or three months of rent yep. that yep. they didn't expect, right? Right. And so by having my ratio of twenty five percent, that give them a chance to succeed and succeed meaning be able to sustain their normal living, you know, mm-hmm. the entertainment, feeding their kids, stuff like that, and also pay for the rental that will provide shelter for their family, right? Mm. And so my ratio is 25%. Mm. And you do pretty good at finding that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, and so by having that ratio, you know, you in return, you basically- You filtered out a lot. You filled out yeah. a lot of people. Sure. Right? 
And so, but but that's good because you don't want to get desperate and trying to rent the house as soon as possible and have a tenant. Not necessarily a bad tenant, but they couldn't afford it, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tenant don't know that they can't afford it, mm. right? All they know is they need a house for their family, mm-hmm. but they don't know that they really can't afford this house. Gotcha. But they can afford sure. a. a I mean, they don't teach finance classes in school. I mean, nobody exactly. nobody teaches this stuff. Exactly. Sure. So Come it's really us. up to us to to qualify them, but also to help them make sure. Mm. And and the one that that I know that come in. And give them their income. I I told them I try to help them. I say, listen, for your income, please look for you know a six seven hundred thousand six or seven hundred dollars a month home because mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. because you can't from your income you should not you should not I I never find you you couldn't but you right. should not rent houses that eleven hundred dollars a month sure right even though yes it's nicer it's bigger sure but it just will not help you. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's number one is is the income that they make. What about that number two? Number two would be uh, very important. Uh, a lot of people, especially the beginner investor, mm-hmm. they skip this step is to make them fill out a personal application. Mm-hmm. Right. In okay. there. Um, and don't make it a two page. Make it a one simple page because people don't like to fill out a whole bunch of paperwork. In sure. the beginning, sure, right? yeah, they're like, "Who are you?" I don't yeah, even know if I'm going to get exactly. it. Exactly. So yeah. you want that that one page application being simple, which is their name, the social security, their driver license, where they live currently, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, their landlord name, phone number, where they work, how much they make, right? Mm-hmm. And on the bottom, uh, um, um, like uh, have they would do drugs and criminals, right? Um, stuff like that, right? Okay. And so, and so, and at the bottom, essentially, when they sign, they give us permission to send it to a background agency to do their background check, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, which is the credit check plus the background check, right? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Gotcha. And and one of the things for me that works is I don't look for credit scores at all. Well, it's showing me the result of that credit score. Uh-huh. But if but if I look for a seven hundred credit score, mm-hmm. right, or sure. six eighty, they're gonna be buying. I'm not gonna find anybody. Right? Mm, right. You're right. Yeah. Most people will be buying houses and not renting. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, uh, credit score does not concern me as much as have they been paying their bills. Right? Gotcha. Have they been paying delinquency the payment? Yeah, exactly. Because okay, if okay, late, some are gonna have delinquency. What's the what's the limit? I mean, what do you right? you know? There is no Mr. Cable than, bill, no big deal. But yeah, yeah. But if if they haven't paid their credit cards with a minimum of thirty dollars, then you know they're not gonna pay your rent. Mm, right? Gotcha. Right. Gotcha. Okay. And and. And you know, uh, so if it's a history, if it's a pattern, then exactly. But if they've got one or two write-offs or medical bills, something like that, yeah. um, I know that's our student loans is another thing that's been keeping people from being able to buy houses. You know, is they've got this huge student loan debt. You know, that kind of messes with yep. the, the numbers. Yep, and those two, to be honest, mm-hmm. it's it's that easy. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you will find that a lot of people don't qualify. Mm. And and what does that conversation look like when they don't qualify? What do you what do you say? Well, um, as as the law, you have to send them um, a, a, a letter saying that based on your background, you know, mm-hmm. um, um, we have decided to to uh, pick another family. Right? Mm. Um, you do not want to go into detail as to why they're not selected mm. because that can goes into the discrimination. Gotcha. Right? Yeah. You so just, background due to your background report. 
Yes, yes. And then uh, either called them or sent them a letter saying that, um, you know, uh, thank you. And and we have decided to pick another family and leave mm -hmm. it as that. Because mm -hmm. the more you tell them the reason, their income, whatever, right? right. They lay on their, their credit card. They're going to try to justify that. And, sure. And you don't have time for those. Right, right, right. right. So it's it's thank you, but we've we've selected another family. Right. Yep. All right. Is there a third third big point to evaluating a tenant? For me, would be um, before they uh, sign a lease with me. Mm -hmm. I uh, this is where I want to get a copy of the driver license, mm -hmm. right? Because I want to be able to confirm that the people in the application that do a background check is the person that's going to live there, mm -hmm. right? And uh, eventually, so I qualify them based on those that I mentioned. But eventually, I will come and meet them in person mm -hmm. because that's. Um, you know me. I'm a people person, so mm -hmm. I like to pe I like to meet. You them. meet them before they sign the lease, or I I, I meet them before they sign the lease. Okay, so you're because... kind of meeting them in person with the lease, probably. Yes. So with the lease, I like to meet them in person for the first time. Mm -hmm. Sometime for the first time. Right? Sure. Um, especially in Oklahoma, right? Um, mm -hmm. so I would uh visit. But you know, I also have done signing a contract without even seeing them yet. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just sometimes you have to work through their schedule. Sometimes we mm -hmm. just couldn't get together. But mm -hmm. but the idea is that I would like to meet them in person just to meet them and their family, right? Sure. And have that personal investment uh, in, in the face-to-face. -face. I think people take care of the property a little bit more when you're not a machine, you're a person. Uh, that's good stuff. Okay, so we've talked about renovating the property. We've talked about selecting the property. We've talked about placing the tenants in the property. Those are the big three things. And then we've also talked about just the mindset that it's needed in this. Uh, one thing we may have forgotten is pets. What's your pet policy? Um, so in general, if you don't allow pet, you just narrow it down a lot, a lot of prospect, a lot of tenant. Because mm -hmm. a lot of tenant has pets. So for me... Every property I do allow pets, mm -hmm. but only limit to two. Mm. Right. What about a weight? Hmm? A weight, uh, weight class. A lot of a lot of uh, apartment complexes limit it to twenty five pounds and under, or thirty five pounds and under. Yeah. Our so breeds. For, yeah, for me, it's it's um, my limitation would be even though there's two limit as to are they an outside dog and inside dog, how big they are. Because mm -hmm. for an inside dog, you, you don't want them to be you know four foot high type of dog, right? Mm -hmm. You want those to be an outside, mm -hmm. and then you want like puppies to be inside you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah so because large dogs they tend to be very physical right if they are inside dogs. yeah it's a lot so of weight things will break down so i would well um here's a tip for the new investor is mm -hmm. first you want a non-refundable non-refundable deposit right the pet deposit pet deposit okay. for me it's 250 dollars. okay but also you want the monthly per pet for ah. me, it's fifteen dollars a pet. Interesting, right? Okay. And so they have two pet. That means it's thirty dollars per month, mm. right? Mm -hmm. And so why you do that? Well, one, it's create extra income for you for one, but also for every every year or every month that they have a pet, that means there's a good chance that your things in the house will be you know degraded. Will, will be degraded. Sure, like, sure. You know, I mean the they carpet, did, yeah. the doors, the, the doors. doors are just terrible on the yep. doors. Yep. Yep. Interesting. Okay. Um, now, as far as um, you know, payment methods and this kind of thing, what what do you, what would you say to a new investor in that department? Yeah, you know, they they're gonna find mm -hmm. many many ways to get the rent, right? Okay. Um, 
but and and I have tried mailing it and put the stamps in there, pre-stamp for them. Mm-hmm. But you, they will find out as a new investor. They will find out that you're gonna get a thousand and one excuses from tenant why the rent is not there. Mm-hmm. It's just the nature of it, right? So for me to be stress free, what I do is I when they sign a lease, I will give them a copy of all the deposit slip, deposit slip mm-hmm. with all my account. Um, information in there and every month they would just take that deposit slip to a local bank and deposit directly Mm. right so there's no mailing through the postal office there's no reason to be late other Mm. than they never show up to the bank right and it could be any bank it it, it can be well it it has to be your so it's the bank that i have which is you know it's a a, national national bank gotcha exactly so by doing that, it eliminate a lot of late rent, a lot of And they spaces. can pay cash. They can pay cash. Which check. is ob- it's a hard thing when you're a remote investor to take yeah. cash then. Yep. So that, yep. yeah, that, that solves it, that. If they go to the bank, they can do money order, cash checks, any any means they want. But the key is I just eliminate 90% of the excuses. Mm-hmm. Right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So in, uh, in, in summary here, uh, we're almost out of time. What would you, for someone who's never invested in Oklahoma City, why is Oklahoma City unique? What are the benefits to Oklahoma City and what are the downsides? And just kind of a short summary. Yeah, good good question. And um, like I said earlier, uh, Dallas is booming too fast. Mm. Uh, for a new beginning investor, I wouldn't recommend Dallas. But Oklahoma, if you live in Oklahoma, I can tell you it's a great time to do it because Oklahoma is catching up with Dallas, right? Mm-hmm. They're not there yet. I mm-hmm. think they're about three or four years behind um so now is a great time to do it um so and also the price purchase that you can buy in oklahoma it's great it's affordable it's doable right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you know the next question would be barrier to entry is low yeah and you you know that you're going to ask well how am i uh, still even though it's cheap it's affordable how are you going to find the money to do it right Mm -hmm, as mm -hmm. a new investor that's always tough Mm -hmm. i recommend is that use Use your home equity line of credit if you own a home. Mm-hmm. Um, borrow a friend, right? Mm-hmm. Borrow from your parents. And and when I say borrow, I, I, I'm talking about temporarily. Temporary. Mm-hmm. Borrow from them. You know, forty, fifty thousand dollars you need to pay cash for that house. Mm-hmm. You got to pay cash because when you offer a house these days, it's already competitive. So the minute you pay cash or offer cash, you just give yourself a chance for the seller to take that offer versus for a guy that's going to finance. Mm. That might not happen. Are right? you going to pay a lot more? Yeah. And you pay a lot more, mm-hmm. right? So there's a lot of leverage paying cash. And so that's where your profit comes mm-hmm. in too, mm-hmm. right? And so that's why I do to a new investor. I would recommend them to get those stuff ready, get those finance ready, mm-hmm. right? Don't go to hard money lending unless you ran out of option, right? That's Just right. the minute you hit the hard money lending, mm-hmm. all your profit will be eaten through that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And if you, you know, there's a lot of different ways to, uh, I've even heard of people renovating on credit cards and then refinancing and paying those back. That's obviously a more dangerous way. But also, it, you know, the life that we live, we always think, you know, it's happening so fast, da, da, da. But in reality, if you just dedicate the next couple of years to, to putting money aside to save for your investment fund, you'd be surprised how how quickly you can get into the game by just saying, you know what, I want to do this. Maybe I can't do this this year. Maybe I can do it next year or the year after. And just doing that time now to start your investment process 
is is a it's a great step forward. So yeah, yeah, and then like I say at the beginning is that that mm-hmm. first one is always the hardest one. That's right. But once you did the first one, mm-hmm. even though it's very very hard, you learn a lot, you make a lot of mistakes, but you kept if you keep going, it gets easier. I mm-hmm. promise you, it gets easier and it's get um and you will start enjoying the business. Mm-hmm. Right. Questions, comments, concerns, you can email them at landon at okcreal.com. You can also check out our site at okcrealestateshow.com. There's a comment box at the bottom. We love to hear your questions, comments. You want to hear something specific on the show, you can fill it out there. Scorpio, it's been a pleasure having you on the show today. I always enjoy it. Thank you for having me. That concludes episode 27 of the OKC Real Estate Show. Questions or comments or have an idea for the show? Visit OKCRealEstateShow.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to hear new, fresh, local market information every week. Looking to buy or sell in Oklahoma City? Meet with the award-winning team today at OKCReal.com.